This is HPR episode 2912 entitled Star Drifter RPG Playtest Part 06. It is hosted by Lost in Bronx and is about 34 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Lost in Bronx and Friends Playtest a new original RPG system. Today's show is licensed under a CC0 license. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, this is Lost in Bronx, also known as David Collins Rivera, and welcome to part six of the Star Drifter role-playing game playtest. In this episode, we have Taj, Bryn, and X1101. We do not have Klaatu or Brian. This is the second playtest session. This was about two weeks after the first one. And they were not able to make it, which was sad, but we did get X1101, and that was wonderful. So, last time, the player characters obtained a job to escort some hippies or hobos off a junk ship they were found to be squatting upon. The player characters were paid in advance, and they used some of that money to prepare for their mission back on Station Maltese in this star system. They were able to rent a space boat that one of their number piloted, and they headed on out to the remote orbit of the floating junkyard where the derelict ship in question was located. And that's about where we left it off, and we'll pick it up right now. Okay, everybody, today is the next part of the Star Drifter role-playing game playtest. Klaatu is not with us right now, but we do have X1101 and he is with us today. What are you playing, sir? I am playing a former stationer going by the name of Malachi O'Leary. He's been a general troubleshooter and uh, all about ruffian. There you go. Who doesn't need one of those? Okay, so last time we ended up with our characters shoving off in a little space boat to go um, see if they can roust some hobos from a derelict space boat or spaceship on the other side of the system that they've been hired to get rid of. If uh, It shouldn't be that hard. How hard could it be? So that's where they are. They're taking off. Gentlemen, do you have anything else you want to do? Want to make any plans? You have the deck, the deck plans in front of you. And I will put the deck plans and the guide to the deck, the ship, in the show notes for this episode so that the people listening at home can play along. Taking a look at that, you guys can decide what it is that you want to do. If you if you have a special approach or anything you want to do, we can essentially fast forward. You you can see this thing in your sights. Are all of the exterior airlocks are those like dock points? No, only the side ones are dock points. The emergency locks are not dock points. Only the ones in amidships. 
So that would be 11 and 8 on deck 2B. Dock directly with either of those. And they look to be okay. However, however, the rest of this ship does not look to be okay. First off, there are no external lights. That is unusual. There are no windows. That is not unusual. It's not common to see a lot of windows except on certain types of passenger liners or yachts, things like that. Some fighters will have them. Most do not. So you're not expecting to see windows, and you do not see windows. However, the fact that there are no lights, no running lights, no anything, probably means this thing truly is a junker. The thing that really tells you it's a junker is the fact that this ship should have some very large fuel tanks on the outside, and they are missing. Without these fuel tanks, this ship can't go anywhere. Not in regular space, certainly not in jump space. So it looks like things have been torn off it or taken off. They've been selling this thing for parts, and that's clear. Well, I think we, since we know where we got to go in, <laughs> there's not many options. Uh, we probably should try to figure out what we're going to do before we head in there. But, but do we? Are there any other... It seems to me if these guys are kind of watching what, you know, who's coming and who's going, they may have those areas covered. So the question is, do we want to try to sneak aboard or do we just want to kick down the front door and, and start, you know, kicking butt and taking names? Or some kind of a pincer maneuver where we do a little bit of both. Well, if we can't dock at those other airlocks, somebody's going to have to like EVA over, which um, <laughs> I don't know that we're equipped for that. Well, you don't have any spacesuits unless you specifically purchased one or an EVA suit. However, an emergency spacesuit can can do pretty well for a little while anyway. You wouldn't want to stay out there for hours. You'll start to feel the cold, and God only knows what kind of radiation you're getting. But it should be fine for a bit. There is some insulation, and there is some radiation protection. Some. So is that like the simple vac suit? That's the simple vac suit. I do have one of those, so it, it is an option. Yeah, not for me. I don't have one. I would think they'd be standard as a piece of emergency equipment on any rental. That sounds logical to me, right? Okay. The question is how many, and I am going to roll a six-sided die to see how many are on board this thing. There are four of those, so all of you can go if you wanted to use these. That's if you wanted to. Do we want to attempt diplomacy, or do we want to just go in knowing that this is probably going to be ugly? Well, weren't they, didn't the company try to negotiate with these guys originally, or no? All that you heard was that the, the company that hired you, essentially they tried to purchase the dealership, essentially the collection of junk that's in this general orbit, that's what they own. They tried to purchase that. One of the things that they have to do is verify that everything is empty and free of any danger and all that other stuff. So they did a walkthrough. These guys came in, and all you were told was that they found some people there. Those people told them to leave, and they did. The only other point that they made of mentioning is that it appeared as though they had been there a while and that the place was a mess inside. Okay. That is all you heard. Those are the only questions that were asked. Just as a special note, I don't know if it's clear on the deck map, but deck 3C is on the bottom. It's underneath the main structure, and deck, what is that? Deck 1C is on top. So that is the uppermost part, and 
deck 3C is the bottommost part. Just to clarify. Okay. Is deck 1 towards the bow, or is it stern, like on top of the engine? Deck 1 is those slot underneath exactly where they are to the side. You'll notice there are little dotted lines at the top and bottom of those small sections. Do you see those? Yes. Those will slot in right at that point. Okay. So that part is at the stern. And deck 3C is mostly the stern sort of in the middle. Just looking at the map, it's it seems like most of the quarters would be in 3C. So if I was going to suggest anything, I would say maybe try to go in deck one and just clear our way down. That way we're pushing them all towards one section. Makes getting flanked a lot harder. Yeah. Other than when we go to deck two, because it looks like you're going to drop down like right in the back of it. So you're going to have to clear forward. This ship does have a very long projection at the bow right along the dorsal, right? It's, it's what they call a locking pin. And I do, I do describe it under the Tottenberg class thing, but just briefly, that locks in to large cargo boxes. And then they can either train the boxes, have extra boxes going off of that, or they can just move it that way. You know, it's ungainly, kind of a basically a rhino sort of look to it with a big horn in the front. And that appears to be more or less a solid piece. So, And there is no entryway on the dorsal or ventral of the ship. They all appear to be on the sides. I'm also wondering how they've got life support working if they don't have any fuel canisters. (laughs) So that might be something we need to look into. Does anyone have engineering that might be able to answer that question? Specifically something... Does social engineering count? Oh, no, that does not count. I took engineering general. That would do. That would do. Could you roll... Uh, there's no minus on this. Just roll a 20-sided die equal to or less your skill. Uh, my skill? Your skill level in that in that skill. So I just took cert one in that. That's fine. And it's equal to each skill is associated with an attribute. So if you look under that skill, that will tell you what your attribute is for that skill. And it would be your attribute number plus your level. So in your case, it would be plus one. All right. So was engineering, and I would have picked wisdom with that. So it's my... Ooh, ooh that's ooh, that's rough. Not quite? <laughs> no, I, I have a, a 16 in wisdom. Okay. Uh, 16 wisdom plus one, that's a 17. Again, it seems like you have, you know... Oh, wow. Rolled a 19 anyway. Oh. oh. You're like, I don't know. There's like all these different ways they could have rigged it up. I don't really know. I have no idea how they could have possibly gotten any power. Too many options, too many ways they could have done it. You have no answer. Anybody else want to try? So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to... Equal to the number or less than the number. Okay. Okay. So a natural 20 is... It's old D&D style. Yeah, old D&D style. Natural 20 is bad, a 1 is good in this game. All right, sorry. I, I did not, that did not quite, I did not quite compute. No problem. It's backwards. I understand that, so... No problem. I think uh, with a little playing, it becomes normal because more or less every test of either a skill or an attribute runs the exact same way. So we kind of knock it into our brains after a bit. Even I had trouble with it, even after I came up with it. So then put getting like a cert two on something, does that mean I would... How, in which in which way does that move the 
that mo- okay basically it moves the number up okay so you have a 16 you said in wisdom yeah i have a 16 in wisdom plus my level would have been a 17 17 and if there were any modifiers i would modify it then it might be a plus because it was easy or it might be a minus on your skill right so say i said well you know it's some kind of really funky way that they've gotten and if you want to figure it out it's actually a minus three so you roll a 19 but maybe you're plus maybe you have um a cert plus three right so you're a cert level three so that would have made you a 19 you rolled it you made it and i said yeah but it was a minus two on the roll or minus two on, on the skill check and that means you have a 19 total, but it's actually a 17 and you fail. Okay. So I, I, it applies, I, I think it, I follow. Okay. It applies to your final score. Okay. The, any modifiers that I give you applies to your final score. Okay. Whatever your score happens to be. And you apply your cert level and your level on those skills. So you're... You're a 16 plus one for your cert level, which would be, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm confusing myself now. <laughs> it's a, a 16 plus one is a 17. The plus one is your cert level. So if you had a plus two, it would be an 18, 19, whatever. And I might say, well, there's a minus three on that. So you're, you say, well, I have a 19. I, roll, you know, I, I rolled a 19. You know, I only have a 17. I fail it. And I say, well, actually, this is a very easy one. I was giving you a bonus of three. So you only had to have maybe a, a 14. I'm not explaining this well, and I'm sorry. But as we play, I hope it'll make a little sense. So if, so if my wisdom was 16, I'm a cert one at level one. That means my, I would have had to have been below 18, and I still missed that. Yes. Okay. You want to roll low, generally, in this game. All right, thank you. I, I, think, I think I get it. All right, no problem. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I'm not explaining it well. Hopefully, I'll do better on paper, and it'll make a little more sense. At any rate, you fail, and you don't know if they have power in there. You don't know how they're doing it. Is there anyone else who wants to try? I don't have the skill, but I have a couple of questions. Sure. So in uh, room 20, there's an airlock there that says it only works when docked. Is that docked with a station or another ship? Docked with a station. Are those standardized? They are. Now, anyone with the right skill might be able to mess with the mechanics on any of these things. Understand, if you've got the engineering skills, it might be possible with a good role to do things with this stuff. I'm going to get more specific than that. Okay. Is there a way to use our comms to check and see if there's like a computer system running on that ship that we can try to access? You can try that. Yeah. Nice. Does that have to be on the ship, or can we do it from our boat? No, you have the range. In theory, you have the range. If there's an, if there is an open network or any network of any kind, even if you can't break in, you should be able to see it. But I will need a computer's role for that. I'll try that as well. Does anyone have computers? I do. Okay. All right, you guys, both of you. There are no modifiers for this. This shouldn't be. I wouldn't consider this to be an unusual thing. I mean, whenever I go someplace, if I have a uh, a Wi-Fi-enabled device, it's easy enough for me to search if there's a network. Okay, let's see what we get here. Okay, I have a 17 and I rolled a 9. Okay, that's a success. Anybody else trying? Uh, I have a 15 and I rolled a 10. Okay, both of you. You do notice one network. It is closed. 
by the nature of it, it appears as though it might be another comm unit. That is all. You're not seeing anything like a major computer system. Nothing like you'd expect for a starship. You are seeing one comm unit. Would we know? Would we know if it's possible to have that computer system hidden such that that comm unit would be the only way in? I'm not sure what you mean. Basically, firewall, but it's not broadcasting in existence. Well, it, 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 no, there's you can see it. You can see it, and in theory, anyway, you could take the time to break into it if that's something you'd like to try. However, there will be modifiers for that. My big thing is, I know how much a comm unit costs me, and I'm not sure a space hobo should have a comm unit. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> so I'm already calling shenanigans on this. Well... Seriously, did you think you were going to roust a bunch of hobos? Is that really a good test of this start of this game system? I would say uh, I'm kind of torn with just going in or or trying to hack it, letting someone know that we're trying to hack it and giving them forewarning. There's also the idea of some more aggressive negotiations. I know we said that I know they said they tried to negotiate with these space hobos, but there's negotiating, and then there's negotiating. You never heard them say they negotiated. All they said is that these guys walked in, they were walking through with their flashlights, just doing a quick walkthrough, and a bunch of people showed up and said, get out. They did. They didn't fight, they didn't do anything. They just turned around and walked, because these are just work-a-day guys. They're not here to fight anybody. I think we should we should get in as quietly as we can, and then do recon and see what we... You know, find out as much information as we can before engaging. From the outside, you're you're getting nothing. That's a fact. Outside, you know, outside of what I've just told you, the exterior of this vessel doesn't hold an awful lot of information. It looks dead. So the question is, how do we want to get in? Do we want to just dock and and hope that uh, it doesn't notice, or do we want to try to spacewalk across and get into one of the other airlocks? Actually, Bryn. Roll your piloting skill for me. There is a minus penalty of minus three, but please do that for me. Well, if there's a minus, I have a 17 and rolled a 17, so I probably missed it. You did miss it. No information. Nothing happened. Go on your way. So you guys, have you decided what you want to do, how you want to approach this? You do have two docks on the side. You have one that is meant to link up to a station or an umbilical to a station, more likely. For that matter, the docks on the side can hook up to umbilicals as well. It might be possible, using an engineering skill, to link up your ship directly to room 20, cabin 20, or I'm not even sure how to describe it, but number 20. It might be possible. The others will not support that functionality at all, but... That one, it might be possible since it is meant to hook up to something. You guys might be able to rig something up. The only thing we can do is die. I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think, sir. And <laughs> eh, what's the worst that can happen? So, death can come in many forms. How do you want to take this one? Right, right on the nose. <laughs> Hard vac. Old age. Okay. I think we should put on our. I think we should put on our suits. And then give it a run, just in case we uh, screwed a pooch there. Okay, so which which entry point do you want to take? If you're if you're going into the vac suits, any one of them is possible. We're going to twenty. That's my vote. What do you guys say? I'm cool with that. 
it does put us right in on the middle deck, so we we could get sandwiched if there's more than just some hobos here. Well, twenty's at the far end, so that there's there would be no one behind us at least. There is that we do have a wall to put our back against, and it seems like that's the only one that's possibly easily hackable. Or we could put somebody here, quiet, hush-like, drop somebody off, and then swing around and dock everybody else at the regular dock so they're worried about that while the other person's sneaking around. Regarding hacking the airlocks, any one of them you can try it on, but that one you might be able to hack it so that you can actually link your boat up to that one, even though it wasn't expressly made for it. The others, will you won't be able to link up the boat to them at all. Not with the equipment you have on hand. Just to clarify that. In other words, any one of them, it's possible to approach and do your duty or do your worst or whatever. But that one, you can possibly link the boat up to or not. It's up to you. What is the time investment in unlinking the boat if we have to beat feet out of here? Well, need an engineering roll. No modifier. That would be something you might be able to take a guess at, because that's really what we're talking about. Equal to or less? Someone give me an engineering... Oh, that's that's way less. My target is 18, I rolled an 8. Okay. Basically, you're looking at some kind of emergency setup with some sort of... Because there are emergency umbilicals built into things like boats in case the boat loses power and the rescue boat comes, you can throw a plastic kind of... Essentially, it's just sheet plastic across in a tube and you can go across in that if you absolutely have to. It's not safe, but under emergency situations you have that available to you. It might be possible to hook that up to this thing in such a way that you can open the door, close the door, link it up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if you have to pull away from that, you can just take off and it'll rip. So in other words, there's no delay to get away, but setting it up will take time. I think no matter what we do, that's going to be a choke point. Like, either if we try to spacewalk across, somebody's going to have to stay in the ship so we're down one, or we hard dock and it takes a while to get off, or we, you know, soft dock like that with the tube, and then, you know, God only knows how easy that would be to sabotage if somebody gets behind us. Margo says, I know I'm just an NPC, but I have this question. Why does someone need to stay behind? You got to keep it running. I mean, you know, that's how getaway cars work. Is she our getaway driver? She should know that. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. You, do you want to do that? You don't have to. I never, I, I never did it in my pet. You know, any job I did. Yeah, we could try. We could lock the door. I mean, as best <laughs> we can. I'm just, just saying. Yeah, you can lock the door. That's a thing you can do. And no one, like, part and parcel to piloting a vessel, like, effectively. Bryn is the captain of this ship, or of this boat, rather. Even though temporarily, because he rented it, but he's effectively the captain of this boat. One of the things that's required is that you put in a code of your own. Someone would have to get in here and try to crack this system, and there's tremendous minuses to trying to crack, you know, like to steal boats and stuff like that. So it's very unlikely anybody could get in here and take this thing from you without having the right codes. It could get in here and prevent you from getting back, but that's a different story. They wouldn't fly very far with it. Thoughts? I think we try to get in. That we uh, we hook up the uh, the umbilical to twenty, 
and go in quiet like and see what we can find out. I definitely think some kind of recon is is better than than just docking and being like, "Hey, we're here, guys." Yep. Yeah. That's why I wanted to use twenty because that generally, if they knew anything about the ship, they'll know that most people will dock on eleven and eight, and twenty would be much less likely. It's in a cargo area, it looks like. Yeah, it's in a cargo area, so, and uh, it looks like they wouldn't probably be in that area. They'd probably be in the in deck three C, where most of the uh, you know where the kitchen and beds and things like that are. Yeah, I say go for it. <laughs> we can sit and debate it all day, or we can we can go for it. Okay. Okay. It looks like we're gonna go for uh, twenty, and uh, whoever has the engineering is gonna have to hopefully make that roll to hook link us up there. So uh, let's uh, let's see what I can rig here, folks. I, d- I, d- I did do a bit of time, you know. In addition to cracking heads, I did try to, you know, had a lot of work with some pipes here. That wasn't part of the cracking heads job. A little of both, a little of both. I used them to fix things. I used them to break people. So an engineering general roll. My final score is an eighteen. Rolled. A six. Nope, I take that back. That's a nine. This die is just hard to read. Basically, he rolled. Final number was what'd you say? A nine. It was a nine. No, I mean the the final score. My score was an eighteen, which is my wisdom of sixteen. Cert one, level one is eighteen, and I rolled a nine. That's good. Able to rig up a nice little tube with this thing and get the old duct tape out, and you got that all. Spit and polish looks great. Looks absolutely safe. Thing looks like it'll work. Like you won't need the back suits. Here we go, guys. This is the safest thing I've ever built. Somehow I find that not reassuring. It only took him an hour. I just rolled it, so it's a fact. <clears throat> I don't know. We use space duct tape. That seems legit. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's fine. It's made with space age materials. All right, let's do it. Absolutely safe. What can, I mean, it's asked for better. If you paid him money, he wouldn't, it wouldn't have been any better. Yeah, I'm still in a vac suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the vac suit, but I'm not sealing it. Okay, okay. You have it on, but you haven't sealed the head. So I'll only die a little bit. <laughs> they're inflate. These helmets are soft. They're inflatable. Uh, you put them on, and, and it's like a balloon. All right, so you guys go over. There is a normal interface, exterior airlock interface on this thing. It doesn't appear to have any power running to it. They need to do another roll to make this thing function at all. Might be possible to crank open the door by hand. That's also a roll. Well, uh, let's uh, let's start with trying to put it to um, make it open up. Fire a die roll, skill roll. Uh, rolled a four against my eighteen. Okay, this does take you a surprising amount of time, but you're able to do it. He's there longer than it took him to make the stupid tube trying to get this thing, and he's cursing and swearing the whole time. But he finally gets this thing to power up. There are some emergency backup batteries that are built into this whole system that he finally had to access manually. It was a real pain in the butt. But he finally gets this thing to open up. He does. The inside of this airlock has been trashed. The plating on the walls has all been torn down. You see it in a pile off to the side. The grating on the floor has been pulled up. However, there is still artificial gravity in here. Cool. Get in, I guess, and close the outer door. 
you can do that since he took the time to power it. You can you can close it just fine, and it will. Uh, the other door is also it appears to be powered off the same way. But now that he knows what to do with the first one, the second one is easy. That's that's not even a die roll. You know what to do now. And you get that to work, and that will cycle this airlock. It took you a total of two hours to get through that door and to get this thing pressured up. Real pain in the butt. The whole time, you're standing on essentially struts on the floor. You can see all the official gravity systems under the plating. You see plumbing. You see electrical lines, everything. Everything in this room or in this airlock was torn apart. Clearly, they didn't intend to use this thing. Can I tell if it was torn apart by someone who knew what they were doing or was more slapdash? That'll be a die roll. Engineering again? Yes. This is all engineering type of stuff. Um, Unless there's any modifiers, I'm mad that. Exactly. Okay. You're not sure, but you think... Probably these were people who either knew what they were doing or were told what to do by someone who did. But they did use power tools to do it, actual tools like socket wrenches and all this other stuff. So, you know, it wasn't like it was ripped up by, you know, horrible claws or something like that. It was, they used, they really used tools and they carefully took everything apart. So deliberately deconstructed ish. This would not have been. A simple job, and it would not have been a fast job. If you had the right tools, it would probably take you an hour or two. If there were two of you, it'd take you an hour or two to do all of this deliberately with the exact right tools. And this is all limited to just the airlock area? Yeah, well, that's all you've seen so far. So, yes. It is the deck. It's the bulkheads around you, and it's the overhead as well. Well, let's go look around. Yep. Okay. There is a hatch there, as you can see. Able to cycle that open. Okay, pistol out. I am also going to have my pistols out. And I suppose I'll have to take down the uh, the suit now that I'm inside. Unless there's no air in here. Alright. You see, when you look out very carefully, first off, there should be seven freeze tubes there. You see the freeze tubes, but they are torn apart very similarly to... The uh, airlock that you were in, pieces and parts all over the place. These could have been sold as is. Each one, each unit could have been sold on its own as used. So somebody didn't care about that. The deck directly in front of you, going from starboard all the way over like to like where 16 is on the other side, the entire deck has been torn up the exact same way number 20 was that you were just in. Moving along here has been difficult, but you haven't actually been going anywhere. But you're very slow when you're moving through this. Otherwise, you're falling down. You don't take any damage. You're not, you know, it's not like super dangerous, but it slows you down. It's very difficult walking. You don't have a real deck. Also, you see two individuals at the cold passage freeze tubes appear to be taking pieces out bit by bit and i assume you watch for a minute or so or at least a couple of seconds notice that they're taking pieces out and just throwing them behind them almost they're looking for something Hmm. they do not appear to have noticed you uh you also notice that each one has a rifle not on them closest one is between the closest two freeze tubes between them Facing away from you. So nobody's moving quick in here, obviously. 
Nobody. Not them and not you, as you can tell. And if you look up, you see that the overhead has had the same routine. The bulkhead sides here have very systematically pulled all the plating off and pulled out wires. Anything that looks like there may have been space has been dug into. These guys have tools, power tools, you know, like... On our pieces. Which is probably why they didn't hear the cycling. Okay, cool. So are we talking or are we aggressively negotiating? I'm going to lead over to Brandon and be like, space hobos, huh? Yeah. These don't look like no space hobos. They're handy hobos. It's okay. How are these guys dressed? Are they, they look like mechanics? What? No, they don't. They have flight suits on and they have chest plate armor on. They all have a headset, too, or the two of them have a headset. Tools and a rifle nearby. I'm saying, I, I'm thinking that we kind of stay back where we are and let them finish their business and move along, because I don't think we could, uh, I don't think we can take these guys, unless unless a couple of us have stunners that can hit them both at the same time. But their comm unit, they'll be able to talk to whoever's on the other end of those things. Is there a possibility of using one of our comms to, like, jack into their headsets and possibly overhear their comms? No, there's a possibility, but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a possibility. Already know that there is a network of some sort. There's a comm network here. Someone's got a comm with a network. Now have to scan for radio signals. We'll see if you get any radio chatter. I'll try that. It's like computers, right? Yes, computers. Use a computer's role. Do a computer's roll. There is a minus two on that roll. So okay. your number. Okay. I rolled a five and I'm at 17. So. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Yeah, you think you overhear these, not these two guys, but you hear somebody in a local channel that's talking. And in fact, you're hearing a bunch of voices just commenting back and forth. Some people cursing. Somebody saying, ah, there's nothing here. I'm, this is a waste of time. What am I doing? Then you hear a woman's voice saying, hey, just focus on the job. Focus on the job and we'll get out of here and we'll get paid. Ah. It wasn't these two guys. So I, I'm thinking that there weren't – the people that were, were seen last time weren't hobos. They're looking for something on the ship. Next time. The player characters find it a bit of a challenge to win friends and influence people on this junk ship. I'll see you then. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.